Blog Talk Radio. glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have another very interesting show as we grapple with some of the most pressing and urgent subjects of our day. Uh, We always look to shed light on subjects of great, great interest, such as in the domains of health and healing and wellness and understanding What are the causes of health and healing and wellness? Oftentimes very distinct from what it is we've been taught over the course of decades by the AMA and other standard conventional thinking mechanisms, institutions, and media. And we spend a lot of time looking at the environment and how is it that it has gotten as soiled as it has through man's oftentimes silly uh, and um, self-absorbed tendencies toward greed and self-interest, which stop the proper rollout of the use of renewable and sustainable technologies, which could keep us in friendly, eco-friendly relationships to the earth, to nature, so we can preserve it as the true conservative of old used to do. And that's how the conservative used to think. Conserve, indeed, just the base of the word itself. And we at A Better World really look to help people preserve and conserve a sensible, common sense, and respectful way of life. And that is always the subject underlying so much of what we do here at A Better World, and we have guests that help, as you know, those of you who listen with any regularity, that underscore these ideas and play out certain understandings that we all need to have to help us each individually contribute to the creation of A Better World. In light of that, I have invited on the world-renowned trend-setting forecaster, publisher of Trends Journal, Gerald Salante. Gerald is American-born. He grew up actually in the Bronx here in New York, and he has been described as a political atheist and citizen of the world. 
Gerald has appeared on uh, the Oprah Winfrey Show, the Today Show, Good Morning America, CBS Morning News, the Glenn Beck Show, NBC Nightly News, the Alex Jones Show, Coast to Coast, and Russia Today. Well, as of this evening, he is also a guest on A Better World Radio with Mitchell J. Raven, and we welcome Gerald on the show with us today. Gerald, are you with us? I'm with you, Mitchell. Excellent. So good to have you. You know, we first met Gerald, if you recall, I was uh, co-moderating a panel at the Global Breakthrough Energy Conference out in Boulder in October, and I had asked for you to be one of our panelists, and you um, graciously um, indulged us. We were very happy to have you. Thank you. Actually, I I was... I also, uh, we, after the Bronx, we social climbed the Yonkers, so uh, <laughs> I got Yonkers <laughs> blood in me. <laughs> well, and, you're getting uh, up there. You're going to get a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, now it's a real nosebleed because you're up in Kingston, correct? Yeah, Kingston, Colonial Kingston, New York. Actually, uh, my neighbor up here, um, uh, uh, Carl Frankel. He said he, he knows. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, I so, know yeah. Carl for many years. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Yeah. Well, as I was telling one of your associates, uh, Zeke West, I went to Bard, and I know that neighborhood very well. Yeah, yeah. And we were off on the most historic corners in the United States, the uh, only place in the U.S. where there are. Uh, Pre-Revolutionary War stone buildings, and uh, so Is it's very that lovely. Yeah. So, oh yeah, really? yeah, yeah. And That's actually, I bought three of the three out of the four. The other one is a uh, museum, but one seventeen fifty Franz Rogan House, the seventeen seventy four yeah. Academy, and the seventeen sixty three Doctor Person House. And the reason I bought them is that this is where the American Revolution had a lot of, you know, played a major role in the Revolution, this area. And I said to myself, after coming back from uh, Berlin in 2012 and seeing how this beautiful city was destroyed because the people followed a madman, I said, you know, I said, this is my country. I said, I, I'm not leaving. I was looking to leave because I'm fed up with so much of the garbage going on. Yeah. And I said, you, there are there are two bit freaks everywhere. You can't run away. And so I bought these yeah. buildings because I would like to see the second American Revolution, one of the uh, the mind, the heart, you know, spirit, you know, moral, intellectual, yeah. and spiritual revolutions. Yeah. So that's why I invested in them. And uh, God just, bless you. I, I I tweeted a, a, a note today. And yeah. you know, after watching these clown shows, you know, from Christie, and again, I'm a political atheist, as you mentioned. You know, I don't yes. Know. And I, I began right. my career just briefly. Uh, I mentioned Yonkers. I used to run political campaigns in Westchester, and then I was the assistant to the secretary of the New York State Senate. And then I yes. taught American politics and campaign technology at St. John's. And I, and I was one of the chief government affairs specialists for the chemical industry back in the 70s. As a young really? guy, you know, my, oh yeah, I used to stay at the Willard Hotel and put my meetings on at the Hey, hey Adams, you know. I mean, oh, I was my one word. of the. Oh yes, that's why I know what I know because I was on both sides, you know. And, yeah, uh, matter of fact, sure. Yeah, I used to run in the campaigns. I used to run in the, in in uh, Westchester, or or as they said, Westchester, uh, for. Uh, <laughs> 
the uh, Republican conservatives mostly, you know. So I, I and then again, I, I was the assistant to Al Abrams, who was the, you know, the, the Republican head up there in, in Albany. But well, anyway, how do you um, account for the? Um, how do you account for the inner revolution that you must have passed through in order to stand in the footsteps that you do today? You know, I, I believe in life that, um, you know. I, you know, again, you know, speaking only for myself, you know, you go through these periods in life. Like when, you, when you're around 26, 27, you start to grow yes. up. You're not a teenager anymore. You look back. I got to get serious here. And then, and then around 30, 32, you, you, you know, I, one day I said to myself, um, "Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life?" And I, and I started growing up. And I learned a lot of different mm-hmm. things. First, I started taking Tai Chi, and then I learned about meditation and and of course, you know, from there I became a, a close combat uh, black belt, you know, from teaching black belt guys how to fight, you know. And and when oh. you do that, you know, and all these other – and then yeah. I also have an honorary doctorate in complementary medicine from the National University of Health Sciences. So, you know, I, I started so? taking – I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And a matter of fact, the first book I worked on was back in the mid-'80s called Natural Healing. And so okay. I learned, you know, that – Again, just to preface, you know, the the motto, the Trends Journal, taught to be by my father, may his soul rest in peace, is think for yourself. Mm -hmm. So what I have, what I'm saying is, this is just the way I look at it. And you know, I I was married many years, 23 years. I'm divorced, have no children, no no connections to anything. And so for me, Mm -hmm. hell is taking that last breath and knowing that you lied to yourself. So when you ask me what you know the transformation is, I you know mm-hmm. and I want to I I want when I die I want to make sure I'm the person who I said I was and the person who I said I could be, and that's yeah. really all it was. It's, it's to me it's just growing up and finding the truth within yourself. And by the way, when people ask me how could things change, and I keep going back to the same thing, nothing's going to change until the people change, until the individual yeah. changes. Yes, exactly. So one of the tweets that, I tweeted today... That is today, really where it all rests, isn't it, Joe? Yeah. When people and, and change, the, everything changes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's as simple as that. And one of the, the tweet yeah. I did today, it, it just came yeah. to me. I said that anyone that looks up to today's politician, politicians is looking down to themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Interesting, right? Uh-huh. Right. They're not seeing who they are Model, or what it is they're really look looking at. Look at this freak show. I know. The, you know, the World War One began when you had a bunch of elites, sociopaths and psychopaths, the most unnecessary war, of course, until the other one to follow – and that mm-hmm. every every historian has written about, totally avoidable, but you had lunatics that led us into war. It's no different today. You have lunatics, you have sociopaths and psychopaths in charge. I mean, everybody yeah. bemoaning, oh, look what happened in Fallujah after all the hard-fought work by the United States military. What are you, out of your mind? We invaded a sovereign country for lies. Right. We, we destroyed the place. We slaughtered according to whosever numbers you look at, between a half a million to a million Iraqis. And and, and then it, and this is like normal business. 
they, they, they debate it back and forth as though you had a right to go in and destroy this country, not to forget about Afghanistan, Libya, or, or helping those rebels with a cause in Syria. So what I'm saying is the lunacy is in front of everybody's eyes. The banks ripping everybody off, paying massive multi-billion dollar fines, not one head rolling, and you can see the levels of immorality and corruption Hey, how about that Duck Dynasty, huh? Yes. How about Miley exactly. Cyrus? Hey, you hear about Justin <laughs> yeah. Bieber? Boy, am I worried about that. hope he gets off. Oh, this is very serious news. This is very serious news. You know, I would like to ask you, uh, since we initially met, I, uh, first of all, I, I very much appreciate everything you said. And as you have a background in complementary medicine, so do I, both as a holistic psychotherapist and an acupuncturist. So oh, I look at everything. Yeah. I look at everything, Gerald, through the eyes essentially of a therapist and try to understand political movements, momentum, and the so-called leaders from that perspective. And just as you say, we are looking at psychopathology and, and, uh, and sociopathic behavior over and over again. And what is going to interrupt that cycle is what I really want to know, because there's no such thing as winning a war, which you were just underscoring with that notion about what you were saying about Fallujah, but throw in Syria, Afghanistan, and everywhere else, because it's madness. But because we met at through the Global Breakthrough Energy Conference, I'd like to ask you, what do you think about what can really do about one of the most horrific things going on, which is climate change? You know, the I people ask me, you know, all the time, you know, you believe in global warming, climate change. Here's the way I answer it. I said, I say, look, I don't know the science of it. I said, but here's the way I look at it. If you dump trillions of tons of poisons into the soil, into the water, and into the air, you think you're going to have any negative kickback from it? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Right. So, you know, the, what's going yeah. on now with in West Virginia mm-hmm. with that terrible uh, spill? They can't freedom, drink their water. Freedom... Yeah, Freedom Industries. I love the name. Is that Orwell made that one up, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, I went to school in West Virginia. I went Did to a you? place. Oh, yeah. What happened was the Vietnam War was going on. I hated every uh-huh. day of school. I mentioned I grew up in the Bronx. I ran, I ran across the Boston Post Road at four and a half years old, escaping kindergarten at PS 76. And that's and they took me out of school because they realized I'd be dead, you know. And uh, I'll never forget oh, Miss Rose was funny. a kindergarten teacher. I hated. I got beat up. They sent me to Catholic school, and Sister Marie Rose there beat the hell out of me, perforated my middle ear, and then left me oh, back. So I became God. the stupidest kid in the school. And people say, "Oh my God, that's terrible." They beat you up like that. To which I say. Well, I'm just thankful Father Foley was a ladies' man. You know, who knew? But anyway, so I hated school. Yeah, I really. barely got out. You got off. You went off the main hook, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I barely got out of high school, and um, they matter of fact, I, they got me out because I caused so much trouble. 
And uh-huh. anyway, uh, the um, <laughs> I get the, the profile. <laughs> the, matter of fact, when they have when they have class reunions, they don't even invite me to them. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, the war is going on, the Vietnam War. Uh, you know, I'm yes. 60. I was born in 46. So I was prime draft bait. And uh, yes. I wasn't intellectually opposed to the war. I was too stupid to know any better. But all I could uh-huh. imagine was me in a foreign country getting shot at. So anyway, yeah. the only school I could get into was in Charleston, West Virginia, a place called Morris Harvey College. And my neighbor, Mr. Singer, may his soul rest in peace, a wonderful guy, he used to say to me, so what is this, Moshe Harvey, a rabbinical school? And it was a place... <laughs> It was a place where kids who had a couple of bucks, it, was a, it wasn't a lot of money, that were middle-class right. kids could go and avoid the draft. Yeah. So I, anyway, I, I spent, right. yeah, I spent six That's years hilarious. in West Virginia. And I got my, my master's at WVU because the war kept oh. going on. I had to keep going to school. Yeah. Yeah, so here's right. this beautiful, and they didn't beautiful have a Ph.D. Con- program, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, actually, the way I finally, the last time I beat him, I got married, actually, and I got braces put on my teeth, and I got a one Y, and that was long enough for the end of the war to come about. Uh, a guy in graduate school, Larry Paul, his brother, used to advise kids how to beat the draft. Anyway, so I always spent all this time in West Virginia, and they used to call West Virginia the little Switzerland of the, uh, of the world. This place was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Used to wake up in the morning in the Kanawha Valley. They call it Chemical Valley. The the the, the air was a green yellowish tint, and the stench from all the chemical companies, Union Carbide, Dupont, True Tempest Steel, one after another. And now and then and then they started lopping off the tops of the mountains. This beautiful, beautiful place with wonderful, kind people, the sweetest people yes. I've met in the United States, and just being destroyed in front of us, and now this terrible spill. So what will the yes. reaction be? The reaction is, we're not going to let this happen again. We're going to look to the bottom of it. We're going to put a committee together, and we're going to make sure – yeah, right. Yes. So it goes back, Mitchell, to what it began with. Nothing mm-hmm. is going to change until the people change. That's right. The information is there in front of everyone. One of the top one of the top trends we're working on for 2014. I'm writing it as we speak. Is called wake up call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much more do the people need to wake up? How much more information do they need in front of them? How many more numbers do they need? How many more facts do they need before they wake up? Yes. I'm so glad you're saying this because we all know in our own lives, respectively, Gerald, what it took for us to wake up. Now, I happen personally to have been fortunate in some ways because I, for some reason, very early on, I smelled a rat. And I had a little bit of a schizophrenia going on because on one hand, I felt a great love of my country and I felt a sense of patriotism and I felt that the government represented that. I didn't get the distinction between the people and the government first off. But I was marching against the war in Vietnam when I was 14 and 15 years old. I'm a little younger than you, but uh, I uh, just picked up on the energy of peace and the insanity of the Vietnam War and all wars for that matter 
when I was really a kid, and I've been on that mission. In fact, I even went into the field of psychology as, in a sense, a political act to try to clean up the madness I saw governing our body politic and the captains of industry. And I've kind of been on that path ever since, you know. But well, good we for you. You all, were among the enlightened. Yeah, I, I didn't. You know, you I, know it was, to me, it was a learning experience. Yeah, right. But boy, have you look what you've done since you had your your call up. You know, since that moment when you went, oh my God, what are we doing here? You know, whose game are we playing? And now you've gone. You know, you are a leader in forecasting and helping people see what it is, you know, the emperor without clothes. And God bless you for it. You know, we really appreciate your work here at A Better World. I just, you know, want to let you know that. What is it that you are forecasting that you feel that our audience should know? Well, on the on the economic front, we're mm-hmm. going to look we're looking for some very difficult times coming up. When you look at the numbers for example that came out on the uh, the employment numbers uh, recently yeah. it was only 74,000 jobs created out of those 40,000 were part-time right. and the majority were were low-paying jobs in the service sector. So there's no yes. recovery. Uh the the recovery only went to um to the to the 1% and you know I'm not making that up it's a, you know the the numbers speak yes. for themselves. Um right. Uh the um it's called trickle up yeah trickle up uh the the, the um the since the panic of 08 happened here uh among the the top z- 0.0% 0.0% the average yeah. family income increased 76.2% between 2002 and 2012 while over the same yeah. period, the average family income of the rest of the 90% decreased by 10.7%. Right. Oh. So we, yeah. So we we know, we know the facts. So the fact yeah. is this: the only reason we have any kind of economic recovery at all is because of all of this money pumping from the Federal Reserve and interest rates at record lows. So mm-hmm. when the interest rates go up, the economy goes down, tapering. They're tapering back. They're cutting back. The Federal Reserve is cutting back on its selling of uh, – a buying up of uh, bonds and the treasuries. Bonds. Yeah. Right? So they announced mm-hmm. tapering. They're going to start this month. And then at the end of the month, we, when they have another meeting, we believe they're going to announce another round. They have to because since the panic of 08, the, the, the Fed was in debt about um, uh, roughly um, – Eight hundred billion dollars. Now they're carrying mm-hmm. over four trillion dollars worth of. So they have to stop this. So they're going to yeah. go another round. When you see that round happen, you're going to see interest rates go up. When interest rates yeah. go up, the economy goes down. This is an interest rate recovery. You want to buy a car? No money down, zero percent interest. You look at the right. look at the the, the mortgages. Uh, you know, I mentioned I, I bought these houses up here. I bought one in March, and, and I have a 15-year locked in at 2.875. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when, when now, the, so when interest rates go up, and already the 10-year bond is going up, it's it's it's, it's approaching over three. Uh, you're going to start seeing 
a, a, you're going to start seeing the world equity markets go into panic. They, you saw an example of it when they first announced the Fed tapering. The emerging markets, all of these countries, Brazil, Indonesia, all of India, all these cu- countries, they benefited from all of the cheap money coming flowing out of the United States into their economies. They call it hot money because of the, the, the interest rate differential. And now that money's flowed yes. out. So now what you're looking at, we believe there's going to be panic on the streets, in, when I streets in the equity markets. And mm-hmm. what they're going to do is announce another round of quantitative easing. They'll call it yeah. something else. The only way this economy sustains itself is by throwing cheap money, low interest rates into it. It cannot go any other way. And why is that? Why can it not sustain any increase in interest rates at all? Because when you look at all of where the growth is in housing and autos, you see them slow down every time interest rates go up because it goes back to the number I said before and and the jobs. People can't afford it. They, they don't have high-paying jobs, and, yes. and they can't afford to pay more. You know, And yes. also these record low interest rates and the trillions of cheap money fueling the investment sectors and equity markets – they are destroying the average person. Yeah, we're both all old enough to remember when they had this quaint little thing and they used to teach all of us to do it. Put money mm-hmm. in the bank and save it. Yeah. So you put money in the bank and you used to get 4 to 5% interest from the bank or money market accounts. Today, you're lucky to get one quarter of 1%. And so that's sometimes is, even in a CD or yeah. a half a percent for a CD. Exactly. Which is supposed so to be a higher rate, of course. Yeah. yeah. So what it is in, in totality, it's a multinational takeover at every level. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, uh, again, both of us are old enough to remember when, you know, there were pharmacies and the local guy owned one. I remember when we moved to Yonkers, yeah. it was Mr. Robbins, you know. And now, of mm-hmm. course, they're gone. Now now we have the joy of going into a, an ugly joint like Walgreens or CVS. Right. Or Rite exactly. right Aid. Or not so right. <laughs> right. And then, right. And then you, you, bo- there used to be these big box stores. Exactly. Yeah. You see, they had yeah. laws in place. That they used to have hardware stores before you had Home Depot and Lowe's that put everybody out of business. So you ask That's me, right. why isn't there going to be growth? Why is it going to Because we have become, I call what's, got, what's happening Slavelandia. We're working for, it's better than a plantation economy because you don't care about the slaves. They're on their own once they leave after they've done their work. You don't have to take care yes. of them. There's no company store, nothing. You know, you don't have to feed them nothing. Well, not only that, you're not limited to one color. You have every color on the rainbow to work for you. Exactly. And yeah. and then you look at, again, you keep going down the list, whether it's stationary stores. Now, of course, all we have now is, what, Staples and Office Depot. So That's what they've right. done, uh, Mitchell, is they've re- they, they took away all of the laws that were put in place to, so the robber barons couldn't steal everything between the yes. 19th and 20th century. 
And, of course, then there was the Glass-Steagall Act, the Banking Act, that was taken sure. out under Clinton. And that was uh, under Robert Rubin, who was the former head of the Goldman Sachs gang that was the Treasury Secretary. Clinton, to me, is one of the most despicable human beings that hit the planet. And all the Democratic liberal people keep bowing and scraping to the Clintons. This is the guy, this is the guy that NAFTA. Oh, yeah, yep. get rid of those dirty manufacturing jobs. Yep. Yeah, you know when before before Clinton and before yeah, I'll get just some numbers here, five top Please, banks because before that, deregulation. That will lead us into the TPP, Gerald. You know that that'll be a natural segue to talk about that, which we've discussed on our show before. I really want to hear you to talk about that too. So before before the banking deregulation, Glass Steagall, the five top banks had about nine percent of the action in the country, thanks to mm-hmm. to. To Robert Rubin from Goldman Sachs, former CEO, and Clinton gang, now they control over 50% of the action. Five banks, from 9 to 50. Then they deregulated the communication industry. They used to have laws in place. You you couldn't own a couple of – if you owned a newspaper, you couldn't own a radio station. There was no cumulus. There was no clear channel. It was prohibited. Bill Clinton. Right. Oh, you remember the lovely, uh, every time, you know, it was a wag the dog time. Every time I, you know, he didn't have sex with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. You know, missiles are flying into foreign countries. Not to forget the right. sanctions in Iraq. And that wonderful clip of Madeleine Albright on 60 Minutes yeah. being asked yeah. by Leslie Stahl, it was the, are the sanctions worth it? Over 500,000 Iraqi children have died because of them. Yes, they were worth it. A mass yes, murderer. And, of yeah. course, the other wars that they started in, in, in the breaking up of the Yugoslavia, who didn't want to become you know, like the rest of the EU. And, and one, yeah. one atrocity after another. So yeah. as, as you keep putting all the pieces together, it's a multinational takeover. And it began on the Carter, by the way. I mentioned to you, you know, I used to be, you know, a, a, a lobbyist, a, a government affairs specialist in, uh, in D.C. Yes. I was flying all over the world first class. And I remember mm. how everybody that knew that was down in Washington was opposed to Alfred Kahn deregulate, who was the front man for the, for the, for the mafia, for the, for the you know, corporations, deregulating mm-hmm. the airline industry. It would turn into garbage, and everybody knew it. So Carter was the guy also that began the banking deregulation as well. But again, you know, oh, he's a wonderful man, you know, peanut farmer. Yeah, oh, yeah, wonderful guy. I remember him. Mm. By the way, that's when I became a political atheist. When Carter came back on New Year's, after spending New Year's Eve with Deshaun and his wife, him and Rosalind, coming back and announcing to the American people that the Shah was the island of stability in the Middle East. That's when I became a political atheist, and that's when I began actually my business, because I realized he was lying and that the, the, uh, that the Shah was going to fall. And the next thought I had in my mind was, what will the implications be? And I realized that golden oil prices would go up, and I had no mm. idea what I was doing, and I started uh-huh. buying golden oil futures. And that's how I ended up quitting my job and starting my business. So it's one criminal after another. Yeah. One criminal president after another. What gave you the idea that when he came back from visiting the Shah, that the Shah was then going to get deposed? What what gave you that inkling? Because, you know, my my interest had always been in current events. So I used to Mm -hmm. read, and particularly, you know, the work that I did – 
You know, I, I'll yeah. never forget. I'll never forget 1973. You know, I just began in, the, in that in that element of the business when the uh, yeah. oil crisis hit. I'll never forget they said because I used to represent the chemical industry. All of a sudden, you know, it's the 1973 yeah. war. The embargoes going on. You know, the, the oil crisis. And they, you know, sure. I go to Washington, and, and I there, and they send me down. You know, the members say, you know, got to go down, and we got to get oil. You know, and there's a chemical industry; they need, they need this stuff. And and I, I'm sitting there, and you know, they want me to. I come back, and they, I want to, they want me to write a report. And I looked at my boss. I said, I'll write a report. I said, it's going to be a waste of time. I said, nothing's going to uh-huh. happen until they make a deal. And they can let oil flow again, but I'll write the report. So going back yeah. to 1973, you can see what was going on and where it was going to lead us. And so, I'm sorry, I lost the train of thought. What are we talking about here? Um, well, you, you asked uh, me a we, were talking, well, we were talking about now, but I had asked Oh, how you did I know about, about it? What so anyway, the, so I'm reading all about what's going yeah. on, and I'm in the thick of it. I knew what a yeah. brutal dictator the Shah was. I sure. knew how the CIA and the, and the MI6 in, in the UK overthrew the democratically elected government of Mosaddegh in 1953. Yeah. I knew yeah. th- that, you know, and he, you know why they overthrew him. He had the nerve to nationalize the oil. The oil. He felt the yeah. oil was in Iranian land and it should belong to the Iranian people. How dare Isn't he? Isn't that when, strange? Yeah. I know. Very strange. A commie, I tell you. Actually, it was BP. It was the earlier iteration of BP that had orchestrated what was then the original Iranian corporation, which was actually British. Yeah. You got it. I'm aware of the history. Yeah. Yep. So 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 I knew this, and I knew what a brutal dictator this guy was. So when I saw people taking to the streets, and I saw this thing growing and growing, and growing, and then again, mm-hmm. knowing you know the work that I do, I start you know I start looking at all. Well, they had no. The Shah was a stooge, of course, for the military-industrial complex. He had, they had the mm-hmm. most sophisticated weaponry outside of Israel, but they didn't know oh. have have anything to deal with crowd control. Mm. I yeah. wrote about this in one of my books, trend tracking. So I started watching these these masses of people. I said, "Oh, this thing, this thing isn't going to go. This is going to have an ugly ending." So when this happened, right. I said, "This guy's this guy's lying to the people. He's lying to the American people." And of course, everybody cheered and waved and all of it. The rest is history. Mm-hmm. So that's how I knew it. So going back I into see. the to, to the question you were asking about the new trade agreement, it's a multinational sure. takeover, and it's being pushed it's a by Obama. Takeover. Exactly. That's all it is. Now, how I know that we all know that Obama, of course, is at least two-faced, if not multi-faced. So in this case, what can be the overt argument? We know something more about the covert, but the overt, explicit argument to the American people, Gerald, what in the world could he really say about the bona fide elements of that agreement that would be for the benefit of the American people? The same thing he said when he did the deal with Korea and Colombia, South Korea and Colombia. And, and the other countries in South America. The same thing that 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 uh, that Al Gore and and uh, uh, Bill Clinton lied about. Clinton. It's going to create. When it came to NAFTA. Yep. 
Okay. They're going to create okay. jobs for the American people. It's going to, we're going it to increase trade. That's all they have to say. They say five That's words, and, and, the, and the prostitutes let them get away with it, and the people cheer. Yes, and I have to tell you something. Right. You know, I, have, yeah. I have a line. Conservatives believe and liberals lie. Let me explain. Mm-hmm. Conservatives, yeah. the, the crazies, you know, they actually are out of their minds and believe their lies. We've got to kill the Muslims over there before they come over here. They actually believe this lunacy. They believe, yes. you know, we got to, you know, leave them chemical companies alone. We need jobs. They're going to do the right thing. They're not going to, they believe this. They actually believe right. it. They Liberals, believe on the it. other hand, are educated, and they know the yes. facts, and they could add them up. Yeah. Yet they will defend the person that they vote for as that person lies to them one after another. One, yeah. I, I tell you what, you know, I, again, you know, I do trends in the news as part of the subscription to the Trends Journal. And I was, mm-hmm. just, I was reading uh, one of my trend alerts that I did on September of 2008 when they came up with the Too Big to Fail. Oh, and the headline yes, read, the headline read, D.C. Heist... Wall Street hijacks Washington. This is not oh. capitalism. In capitalism, there is no such thing as too big to fail. Bailing out major sure. corporations is the merger of state and corporate powers. That's called fascism. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, as I'm reading this... Did you make that alert prior to the Bush-Paulson speech? No, it was right after it. It was when they announced okay. it. That's what, the, that's what this okay. is about, my analysis of what it, it would mean. Okay. The analysis and place, it, it has and it hadn't been passed yet through Congress. Okay, they just announced yes. it. And mm-hmm. so, Bar- candidate Barack Obama urged Congress to support the plan of bailing out the too big to fail. Of the banks. Yes. Right. Fact. Yes. Everybody turned a blind eye. So then when you go after all the Obama atrocities, the Nobel Peace Prize winner who he, Samantha <laughs> Powers, Hillary Clinton, Susan Rice, yeah. waged the war against Libya. You know, he didn't do anything to us. A humanitarian mission, time-limited, scope-limited, kinetic action, killed about 30,000 people, destroyed the place of civil war. You pointed yeah. out to them, how about Obama saying, I'm going to close Guantanamo. It's first day in office, well, yeah. five years later. How about saying look. he's going to repeal the Patriot right. Act? How, one after yeah. another, one after another, and then you know what they'll tell you after it's all over, and you hit them with every one of them? Well, he's better than McCain, isn't he? Oh, yeah, Hitler with Mussolini was better than Hitler. You know, that's no answer. <laughs> yeah. So right. they lie. No and this, you want to right. ask me what's holding back the future? The liberals. Because the liberals mm-hmm. lie. That's what's holding mm. back the future. Because they have the brain power. But they don't have the courage to say that they've been conned by the commander in chief. Got it. Got it. We are speaking with Gerald Salante, the publisher of Trends Journal. You can go to www.trendsjournal.com to see his masterful work. He's been at this for decades, has been forecasting trends politically, socially, economically. And uh, he's been right on, unfortunately, way too often. And so I'd like to hear what it is you might uh, suggest, Gerald, if, if 
we could actually navigate and shape our future here in the United States economically, socially, and politically. Well, first off, it's the one that, you know, I, I've been writing about this for years, and that yes. is an alterna- a true alternative energy. Oh, oh, by the way, on the yes. brighter side of things, I also coined the term clean foods back in 1993. But really? an alternative energy, yeah. You, New York Times is a big story on it. You could Google, go oh, to my website. Great. Thank you for yeah. that. We need that. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you know, I, and I live Good. it, too. You know, I, I believe in the whole thing. But it, And by the way, that's yeah, part of the whole movement. That. So that, mm-hmm. to me... Alternative energy could be the the big game changer. I've been writing about it for yeah. years, but not mm-hmm. something far beyond wind, solar, geothermal, or biofuel. I make that clear too. Yes. Number yes. two is we're a country of 315, 16 million people. Mm-hmm. We can become a self-sufficiency economy. Everybody talks about buying local. It's mm-hmm. bigger than that. We can be a self-sufficient economy, and to me, that's what we should be. We should be mm-hmm. dealing with each other, buying with each other. We should. We come first. I'm an American. You know, I mean, I'm proud of being an Italian heritage. I love my roots, but I'm an sure. American. This is my country. This is the place I could never be me if I was born in Italy. I would never have the freedom to be me. You know, I would have been caught in the in the yeah. system. And and yeah. so I cherish this place, and I yeah. believe in what the founding fathers believed in. I know they were plantation owners. I know all that. I know it. I don't need to be reminded of it. But I also know we were the beacon of freedom. You know, there was a lot of great things about this country. You know, how about we the people, you know, in order to yeah. form a more perfect union, establish yeah. justice. You know, promote the general welfare. Yeah, I mean, it's like everybody and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. And and how about taking the future into our own hands? So these are the things that America has. We need to do business with each other. We need to buy shoes that used to be made in 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 this country. You know, gloves from Gloversville. You know. Yeah. Silverware, glassware. I remember when I was in West Virginia back Oneonta, in the right? Uh-huh. Yeah, but, and, and down in West Virginia, they were making some of the most beautiful glassware. You know, that was as good as they were making in 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 in, in, Czech, in Czechoslovakia of the day. And you know, it was some of the finest. And we could yeah. we have the we have the we have the natural resources. We have the human resources. We have it all here, and I am totally opposed to globalization. It's multinationalization, and mm-hmm. and every most countries. I mean, you take a Italy, all right, seventy million people. You think you could make it happen on your own? I mean, you think you really think you have to bring in socks that were made in Cambodia or Bangladesh? No, not at all. So not to me, all. the answer is self-sufficiency economies. And again, with the founding fathers, could you imagine Bush, Clinton, Carter, Obama, McCain, Lindsey Graham, McConnell, Pelosi, Diane Feinstein. Can you imagine them going up, or Kerry, going up to George Washington after his farewell address and saying, 
You know, George, you're wrong about this foreign entanglement stuff, not getting involved in it. <laughs> Who made this up? How could these people desecrate everything that this country was founded upon? Who are these little two-bit freaks out there telling us we have to go to war here and there? Stick by what the country was founded upon. Go back to the principles, the foundation of what was the best, a restoration of America. That's what I yes. believe in. I hear you. I hear you. And how would we um, disengage from the globalization that has taken place? Simple. Put back the laws that were in place before they took them away. Okay. Simple. Okay. And do you not the start new trade agreements. Go, no, go back to the old. It's like it's like this new thing with the Volcker rule. Whatever, twenty thousand pages. What what do you do? You don't need a Volcker rule. Just put back the Glass Steagall yeah. Act. It was perfect. Yeah. You don't have to write one word. Right. I I I don't need a politician to tell me how to think. As I said, to me, if you look up. To today's politicians, you're looking down on yourself. Sure. And again, I was there. Really? When I told you I worked up in Albany, it was the worst job I've had in my life. It was I really talking. I would be in the back the of the state legislature. Is that it? What? It was the state legislator. Yeah, yeah, that the, you were the, working yeah. With? yeah, yeah. I was the uh, assistant yeah. to the secretary of the New York State Senate. Right. You know, uh -huh. so this is the you know this is the guy that's running the whole show. And Perfect. and I'd be back in the chamber, you know, my buddy BSing about, you know, 23 years old, you know, what do you talk about, girls and sports, you know, we're talking, it, and we'd be talking in the chamber, all of a sudden a senator would walk in, and my buddy would leave me and follow the senator like a little puppy dog, and pull out his chair, and help him sit down, and he'd come back, and I kind of, I'd say to my friend, I said, what's the matter, man, the cat can't sit now by himself, he needs some help? Mitch, all it was all day long was watching grown men and women grovel to suck their way up to the top. Mm. That's what you all just saw politicking. happen. What you just yeah. saw happen with the George Washington Bridge story with Christie and the imbeciles, mm -hmm. the petty little imbeciles. What were yeah. they thinking? The petty, the pettiness. But you see, that pettiness is the same yeah. in Washington. Yeah. It's what the system has created. Yeah. Another thing I believe in, that if you belong to a political party, you should automatically be disqualified from running for office. Going back to the Constitution, going back to Adams, going back to Jefferson, back to Franklin, back to Washington, they were all opposed to party power. That's You're right. supposed to be a representative of we the people, not That's your party. Right. Not a party, exactly. Well, let me tell you, Gerald, as long as we've opened that up, I was behind uh, Rocky Anderson, who was former mayor of uh, Salt Lake City, who started the Justice Party. He doesn't really want any party at all, quite honestly. But the way things are these days, if you don't have a party, you can't even hardly mount a campaign. It's difficult enough as a so-called third party or independent party, you, uh, you know, uh, candidate, I mean, but to not even have a party, even a new one to rely on, you're nobody. I watched well, I it happen. I was on his 
National Steering Committee. I worked rather closely with him for the last year of the last election, and I watched pretty much up close the antics that go on of trying to get onto the state uh, voting records and all. It is a disaster. It's got nothing to do with the original intent and purpose of the Founding Fathers, and it's like they are looking to corrupt this notion, high notion, of democracy at every single turn. And, you know, we're playing the same notes here. We're playing the same notes. But it's enough to make you cry. And I like your emphasis on the idea of locality, but also, you know, buying nationally is what I'm hearing you say. And yes, self-sufficiency economy. Yep. Self-sufficiency economy. Yes, exactly. Yep. Now, in reality, unfortunately, I mean, there are many of us who are working in different ways to bring that about. At the same time, we're staring at the Trans-Pacific Partnership that Obama is championing, as you said, and is not only championing, he wants to do it by way of fast track. Can you explain to our audience what that is and what yeah, we I mean, have to shoving be it down your throat. Here? <laughs> That's all it yeah. is. Fast track means right. shoving it down That's your right. throat. And we're not going to tell <laughs> really you what it is. Really fast. Yeah. How could they make this thing so secretive? You know, what's the big deal? How about telling us what the deal is? No, I told you, you see, Mitch, it goes back again to that trend alert. All things are connected uh, back in, yes. in 2008. D.C. Yes. heist. Washington yes. has taken over Wall Street. Has hijacked Wall, Wall, Wall Street has hijacked Washington. Has hijacked it's fascism. It's fascism. The merger of state and corporate powers. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing else to say. It's in front of us with what they would national with the NSA. It's in front of us with everything. It's a fascist state. We have lost we have lost the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Yes. As they gave us in the Declaration of Independence. That's right. That's right. So with this current mess in our faces, Gerald, with the NSA and all of this crap, Clapper lying under oath to Congress comes back the next day and says, I'm sorry it wasn't exactly that what I meant, but a lie under oath to Congress, nothing happens. Snowden is, meanwhile, a fugitive of so-called U.S. justice. You know, what, these people are lying, breaking the law, um, fe, you know, creating felonies right there on the hallowed halls of Congress, and nothing happens to them, just as with yeah. Wall Street. These guys exactly. there, Barclays is controlling the LIBOR. Nothing happens. At, I don't know if there's any more heinous a banking crime than controlling the LIBOR. I, I don't know. What do you have well, to say? Well, the forex market as well, the the currency exchange, yes. the currency markets, and the gold market. Yes. The whole thing is manipulated. And again, you, as you point out, now one head rolls. And so again, the only thing is going to change is when the people, you know, have the courage within themselves to admit that they've been lied to, admit that they're they're either going to either bend over, fold over, lay down, whatever, and keep taking the punishment and abuse, having their money stolen from them. 
so that it could go to foreign entanglements and foreign nations, yes. having their money stolen from them so that they're... I mean, you saw the numbers that came out on um, on Congress. Over half of them are millionaires, and the rest really That's live right. above. You know, they're, they're up near the 1%, you know. And, right. and so you can exactly. see what's going on in front of you. So it's it's really up to the human spirit. Nothing is going to, you know, people, because when enough people, you see, it, it's, well, you, you know, it, it's the work that you do. When it, you see, it's not as though, okay, now we all join together because we've, our spirit has been free. No, it, what happens is when you, when your spirit gets free and you find the courage, dignity, and self-respect, then... Mm-hmm. You start coming up with ideas, with concepts. Yeah. Your mind starts going. Your creative juices begin to flow. Exactly. And that's when the change comes. Mm-hmm. Ah, here's the way to move this. Look, they just had an election in India. India, of course, is one of the most corrupt nations on earth. That's right. Next to the rest of them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the Common Man Party won came out of nowhere, only formed last year. They ran on the foundation of anti-corruption, number one, and number two, direct democracy. People vote, like they do in Switzerland. You want to go to war? Let the people vote. Hey, they haven't had a war in Switzerland since, what, 1857? Yeah, people have have guns, Uh they don't shoot each other, you know. Food's real good. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, very, you know... So anyway, now yep. people say to me, well, you can't have direct democracy in the United States. It's too big. Well, hey, wait a minute. India has a billion people. We only have 315 million, 16 million. That's if right. they could do it, we That's could right. do it. If you could bank That's online, right. you could vote online. Oh, yeah, but it could be hacked. Yeah, like they're not hacked now. You know. <laughs> we, have such, we have such a legitimate system going on. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, no, as a matter of fact, if, if, we, if, if we were to vote online... The entire system, the entire metric should be open up to the entire general public so everyone could watch. All of the geeks out there could watch what's going on to make sure that's that there's right. nothing going on that's not right. Exactly. And they so then people say, well, that would be, if all the people voted, that would be that would be mob rule. Well, guess what you got now? The mob is ruling. They call the Democrats that's and the Republicans. Right. It's a gang of 535. Exactly true. That's exactly true. So you you led us down the path of what would happen if interest rates creep up, which you say they are going to be doing. Do you have any sense of when that will be happening? Yes, after the uh, if the Fed if the Fed goes through another round of tapering at the end of January. If they, they in other words, start buying fewer bonds. I don't give financial advice. I'm not allowed to. But no, no, I'm saying, saying the, you're, you're I'm saying if the Fed buys fewer bonds, oh, that would yeah. be an easing of the easing. Yes, yeah, tapering, right, the fewer bonds and fewer auction uh, uh, right. rates, uh, mortgage-backed securities. Yes, 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 that's what I meant. So if, yeah. that, if that happens at the end of January, that means that the idea of the – and the other thing we're, of course, dealing with is a new Federal Reserve uh, – replacement to Bernanke. What kind of effect do you think that's going to have on the whole system? Nothing. That's just, just one of the players. Just one of the just players. One of, just, just one of the players. A yeah. replacement. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so if 
the dollar starts to weaken because the interest rates are going down, what do you see happening in our economy? What do you see no, no, happening the dollar will, in our will society? Get stronger. No, the dollar will get stronger because interest rates will go up. So oh, okay, exactly, because there, there are fewer dollars in circulation. Right. Right. But yeah. what will happen and, is what we're saying yeah. is that's going to shock the world equity markets because yeah. they need the money to go into the system. Then they're going to come yeah. out with another round of easing. So we think that there's going to be the financial crisis will hit around by the end of the second quarter. I see. Uh-huh. And what will that look like? I mean, what 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 would the ordinary golden oil, person gold and silver prices Yeah, gold and silver prices will go up. There'll be a, there'll be panic on on Wall Street. You're going to start seeing another financial crisis and they're going to try to cover it up again by papering more money into it. And okay. it won't work this time. I see. I see. So the house of cards this time you're suggesting is going to really fall and stay fallen. Yes, but again, they could come up with a scheme undreamed of, like taking yeah. us to war. That gets your mind yeah. off the problems really well. That's and right. it's really easy exactly. to take a country to war, particularly if and there's it pumps a quote. Up the economy. Yep. Well, yeah, no, it won't pick up the economy at all because this war will be the end of war, the, the wars that end all wars. It'll end yeah. life. And and so, what they'll so, do, it, there'll be a terrorist strike or something, whatever, you know. And yep. uh, if you think you but lost your rights now. Is that what you think now, is going to happen? Is that what you, what? based on your forecasting skill, is that what you think is going to be the outcome? Or do you think something a bit more, uh, let's say, a pleasant is going to happen. Only if the people start motivating themselves and moving. Look what's going on right. in Thailand. You got millions of people out to the streets for how long now? Over a month. Americans, you know, where they, they call it a demonstration, they go down to the Washington Mall for a, a Sunday, get back on the bus and go home. Yes. Yes. This is more like the Arab Spring in Thailand. Yeah, they're not stunned. And then the same thing, the people in Bangladesh and Cambodia, they, well, again, well, look what happens. The police beat them up and they, and they put it down. And then you have, again, yes. the other trends, look around the world. You know, Yemen, Bahrain, there's civil wars going on. Civil war in Libya, yes. civil war in Syria. Civil war in Egypt. There's a civil war, mm -hmm. look at the Sudan, you look at Somalia, you look at Central Africa, you look at Congo. You look at Thailand, you look at, I told you about the, the, the uh, uh, Cambodia, they're beating the hell out of the people. They don't want to work for, you know, $70 a month anymore. And, and yeah. Bangladesh, same thing. Uh, and then you, yeah. look, you look at the pitchfork movements going on in Italy, the unrest in Greece and Spain, the, pres the, the protests, the laws that they're putting in place to prohibit the people from protesting. And then you look at the whole populist movements going on around the world. So... We're, we're, as I look at it, we're on the we we are in 1914. Mmm. Mmm. Interesting. You opened up talking about World War One. Really? That's what you started talking about today. Yeah, and, and the, that's what I. The that's what I see. reasons. What's that? Yep. And it's right? the same same imbeciles. You know, just different names, yeah. different countries. Right. Right. Exactly. You so, go listen to Francois Hollande's State of the Nation speech yesterday, and it was a perfect colonialism speech that only a psychopath could give 
but it it wasn't as it wasn't as as bad as it was. His New Year's Day speech was even worse about Spain's moral obligation, uh, France's moral obligation to keep exercise its colonial powers. Whether they can't oh. they can't go with the French Sudan trip. That's why they're in Mali, right? And he was the guy yeah. pushing for the war in Syria. The other psychopath before him, Sarkozy, along with Obama yeah. and uh, Cameron, got the Libyan war going. Now you can see what's mm-hmm. going on over here. Yes. Well, it just keeps reiterating the intelligence of what uh, President Eisenhower said back in his closing speech about Watch out for the military-industrial complex because it will dominate you. And I've never seen anything quite like it. I mean, the whole thing is like the entire government is a sales agent for Boeing, Lockheed, and the rest of them. I've never That's seen it. anything like it. That's no, it. As a matter of fact, when Eisenhower's farewell address, when he warned us about that, the United yeah. States GDP stood at roughly about five hundred and twenty billion dollars. You know what China's mm. was? Sixty billion. Mm-hmm. Now wow. in twenty twelve, the United States GDP was at about fifteen point five trillion. China's yes. eight point five trillion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. I have to say goodbye. Well, Gerald, I have to go. Thank you so much for being a guest on A Better World with me today. Your information and your perspective is truly helpful and awakening for people. I thank you so much. Thank you so much, and keep up the great work. Thanks so much. Gerald Slanze, publisher of the Trends Journal. You can learn more, and I really recommend that you do, at www.com. TrendsJournal.com. He has been on the path of educating people about these very thorny subjects for a long time and has become masterful in his understanding and larger picture, the gestalt of what's going on and the interactions between so many of the many moving pieces. So uh, I really recommend and it's a real privilege to have had Gerald on today. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. I want to just uh, remind you that you can go to our website, www.abetterworld.tv, and get on our mailing list. We have a weekly newsletter that goes out announcing what we'll be talking about on the radio show as well as on the weekly television show that is aired here in New York City, specifically in Manhattan, and through that same website, abetterworld.tv, online, simulcast, webcast, all at the same time as the airing in Manhattan. So please become part of A Better World community. We're coming together, folks. We have to come together because things are not going well. This human experiment, this democratic experiment, needs help. It's not going well. The hind brain, the reptilian brain, acts as though it should be the leading brain. It's not. We've been equipped biologically with an 
awesome forebrain, and it gives us the opportunity to experience love and compassion and understanding of each other, even patience with each other's annoying tendencies. So you can imagine how important it is to have that brain of all brains activated. The reptilian, on the other hand, as I think we all know, will help to engage us in such things as war and militarism and duking it out, and that gets us nowhere. As uh, in uh, Fiddler on the Roof, uh, the question was asked, well, do you or do you not believe in the biblical notion of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? And he says, uh, so we should end up with a world of eyeless, toothless people? Certainly not. Let's learn something from science, something from what we've gathered from biology and from the ancient traditions, East and West, encouraging us to learn to center ourselves, to follow our breath, to calm down. That has uh, an effect of synchronizing the two hemispheres of our brain and creating heart coherence. It's only in this kind of state that we can have what we could call reasonable, truly rational conversations and move beyond the reptilian style greed, um, me thinking, I thinking, ego thinking, narcissism that we see rampant across our world, especially it seems uh, in those so-called leaders, those in important, influential positions in politics and industry. And I personally believe, and it's not just because I am a therapist and a consultant, but if we do sit down and do go deeper into ourselves and come to a point of peace internally, from that place we can have truly intelligent, truly creative conversations where we can be, you know, even if you want to call it uh, self-interested enlightenment or enlightened self-interest, something of that sort, when we're looking out for each other on all levels, we can really generate a smart economy. We can really generate social justice. We can really generate a politics that is not uh, simply um, uh, sunk by what Gerald was discussing as pettiness. It's just so true. We have become so petty, and we are not looking out for the larger good, the good of the commons, the good of the planet. We're not doing that sufficiently and that needs to be our focus and when we do focus on the well-being of each other all can work out listen i work with people all the time largely couples some families in my work as a consultant and counselor and i can tell you 
that when people relax and people find an internal center, they can listen better, they can respond instead of simply negatively react, and they create an openness for other people. When that can be done in a couple or that can be done with business partners, truly is an analogy for the same thing to happen with heads of state. There is really no difference. We have to remove these pedestals, these people, from these pedestals as though they are different. They are human flesh and blood like everyone else, and everyone needs to sit down and have a good talking to. needs to learn to sit down and listen. Where did we ever learn to sit down and really listen? We learned somewhat from our families. But what if our families weren't particularly good at it? What if they didn't know how to use language in a respectful way, but only an insulting way, a hostile way? How about if it was only self-interested, not looking out for others? Well, guess what, friends? That carries through in everything we do in our so-called adult professional lives. That doesn't do anybody good. It's just like being a six-year-old but in grown-up clothing with a job that has some influence over others that has larger consequences. But the emotional development remains arrested until or unless we learn truly to deeply listen, to create coherence, in both the body, the mind, and the heart, all. And think on behalf of the good of all, not just for ourselves. And we want good for ourselves. Don't get me wrong, it's wonderful. Profit can be good. That's not the issue. The issue is at what expense to others do we profit? Do we, what we call, succeed? How can we call anything we do successful if there are so many others suffering because of how it is we became successful? I say that's not success at all. That's bludgeoning. And that's not what this life on planet Earth is about. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank you all for listening. I'd like to remind you that we have something called the Harmonic Energetic Balancing Program here on A Better World. It's available through our website, abetterworld.tv. It's a really advanced way of helping uh, balance out one's field of chi, if you will, one's electromagnetic field, which we all know scientifically we have. And I also like to remind you all that we are seeking to self-sustain and we have sought to ask the lowest possible amount from everyone of $3 a month. That's a campaign that we've launched since the end of last year. $3 a month. It's all on our website. And we ask you to please participate if you can. It's sort of like a taking me to a Starbucks latte once a month. What do you say about that, folks? I'd love it. 
I want to just wrapping up thank Gerald Slante again of the Trends Journal publisher, forecaster, uh, real mensch, as we say in Chinese and Italian. We're very glad to have had him on the show, sharing with us his many years of experience, insights, and wisdom into the inner mechanisms of our body politic and body economy. And uh, it's always uh, gratifying for me to listen. I hope also you. So do visit his website and, of course, ours, betterworld.tv. You see, there's room for everybody, folks. Thanks again so much for joining us, and I look forward to seeing you all next